Dinner will be served in 15 minutes. Don't mind the others. Just because they don't want you here doesn't mean you're not supposed to be. The secret birthright Pop wrote about is real. Our destinies are not decided by our families. You just have to seize it. I thought the world was one way and I found out it isn't. And it terrifies me. It's getting too much. I thought I had everything I wanted. Only to discover power. Like I've never known before. It's a rat race to the finish. And it's winner takes all. We gotta face this new world head on. And stake our claim in it. It's our story. This birthright belongs to our family. What's up, y'all? You are listening to Lovecraft Aftermath. This is the Carefree Black Nerd review over this new black ass melanated fucking show, Lovecraft Country. This is, uh, yeah, this is my shit. I am your host, Rain Coleman, and I have today with me a very special guest. Longtime listeners, you should be familiar with this voice. If not, shame on you. Let people know who is on the mic with me today. Sid Davis. The one and only host of the Social Introvert Podcast, yes. back once again. Yes, yes. Thank you for having me back. Thank you for coming on. This is some shit that I am ready to fucking get into. Woo! Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so, listeners, when you're listening to this episode, when you're watching Lovecraft Country Live, when you're watching it on repeat, or consuming it anyway, use that hashtag Lovecraft Aftermath, or LCC Pod for short. It is on the show art. It'll be in the show notes. And, um, shit, you know, let's, let's get to this shit. Um, so we are, what are we, we're on episode, season one, episode two, Whitey's on the moon. Now, inexplicably recovered from their terrifying night, Letty and George luxuriate in their new surroundings, while Atticus grows suspicious of their Artem Lodge host, Christina Braithwaite, and her elusive father, Fitzgerald Grant, I mean Samuel, <laughs> who unveiled cryptic plans for Atticus's role in their upcoming Sons of Adam ceremony. Later, after Tick, Letty, and George stumble upon a clue that could lead them to Montrose, each takes an unwelcome walk down memory lane. Woo! Alright, man. <sighs> give me some thought. Give me some general thoughts. What how you how you feeling? What's what's on your mind? <laughs> From the first episode, I'm like, okay. You know, I'm cool. I'm cool with it. That's I want to see where this goes. Mm-hmm. Completely different from what I fucking expected. Okay. And I I enjoyed it. Um, it. It's a lot going on, but at the same time, I it's just it blew me away. I didn't mm-hmm. know what to expect. Okay. 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 So, I'm and I'm gonna say this over and over again. I read the book. I read the book. Okay. <laughs> I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I read the book. I, I got to now Bro. after watching. Oh, for, it, and that's what I... I'm happy I read the book first because there are things that have been changed and they did a good enough job sticking to source material but also adding in new elements for TV. I think they did it very well to the point where there were things that I... that were shocking to me. 
there was stuff I was waiting for, but then they threw a bunch of plot twists and like changed some stuff in there that I that's not in the book. That I'm 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 actually a bit more impressed at the show because of that because the book was good, but handing this property over that was written by a white man over to this black creative team and J.J. Abrams with the horror element, I think they're killing it. They knocking this motherfucker out the park. Um. So what was your what what was your expectations for this show? Like you said, it was different after you watched the first episode. It's nothing like what you thought. What did you think this show was about? Um. Well, listening to your episode and you explain it like the the guide to Lovecraft. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm I'm expecting uh, a place where. A lot of melanated black folk live, mm-hmm. but the land is also dangerous. Kind of like, kind of like how Attack on Titan is. Yeah, those people behind the wall. Yeah, but on the outside, they're just you know it's very dangerous. That's yeah. what I thought it was going to be. Um, I've heard of the book, but I never, I, I didn't pay any mind until you start talking, talking about it. And I just thought the premise of the show was a land full of black folks that just. Mm-hmm. Are surrounded by these Lovecraftian monsters, so automatically, Lovecraft lore. I'm interested. I'm completely different. What I'm seeing now, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. So, my thing is that I was excited for. Okay, the book was good. Finding out that this show was going to be handled by all these black people and talented people in their genre. Again, J.J. Abrams being a white man, having him, Jordan Peele, Misha Green attached to this project, sold me. What I do enjoy is that this isn't Marvel or DC. This is I feel like a kid again because I'm ex- I'm experiencing something that I don't have so much history with. I don't know these niggas, and this world is being fleshed out with ninety five percent black faces on screen, and it is a science. It's the it's the historical. Well, I don't want to say historical. It's kind of a period piece. It's still yeah. sci-fi, not sci-fi, it's still fantasy, and it's black people, and we don't get that all the time. Again, we get slave exactly. narratives, we get welfare queen, we get baby daddy shit, we get token black friend, we get magical negro at times, but this, this is, this is the shit we've been wanting. You know, this is the shit that I've been wanting to see. And I've complained on and off on my show. Uh-huh. I'm like, you know what, I'm sick and tired of the typical black film, slave time, yep. I'm not sick and tired of that. And I would always say, can I just get some sci-fi futuristic mm-hmm. type here? I said, whatever it is, please put like a sci-fi or a fantasy element with black folks. Mm-hmm. And you will have my attention. I spoke too damn soon because I didn't even notice. this <laughs> <laughs> right. notice was in development. Mm-hmm. This. And I... And I, I know J.J. Abrams' name was announced a part of the project, and I was like, ah, I'm not the biggest J.J. Abrams fan, but you, you throw out Jordan Peele to me, uh-huh. and, you know, I don't know who Misha Green is, but... Yeah, she did Underground. Jordan, Jordan Peele sold me, but mm-hmm. the fact that he's, like, over the show, like the teleplay and everything... Yeah. I was like, okay, we're on board. Mm. But I, I like what I see so far. Right. I'm loving it. No, same. I'm um. I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for it. We um. So we get 
these black people and and can I stay just for a moment? These black people are varied in complexion, in body type, in facial features. It's not a bunch of fair skin European featured like yeah, we have Journey and she's very, you know, mixed race, but everybody else and but that's also a part of blackness. That's a piece. But Atticus, this nigga, he has what Beyonce said as Negro uh, nostrils, Jackson Five <laughs> nostrils. This nigga is he's black through and through. There's no no question there. Um, that, that's the thing about Atticus too. I couldn't like seeing him on screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you see black people in film and kind of you know, like you said, the European tone and everything. Yeah, you know, the fair skin look. Mm-hmm. And to see him with like just like blackety black yes. just on bring him emoting yes. just reacting to everything mm-hmm. for seeing it just I was like, what in the fuck is happening? Man, say <laughs> I was asking this asking for this for years and I, I'm just in fucking disbelief. Yeah. I'm just I'm with you. I'm with you. No, no, I'm I'm with you. That's simply put, I'm with you. This man is black. And then he's a nerd. Like, let me see. He's into pop culture of that time. He's reading books that this day and age, if somebody 40 years from now was to do a Lovecraft country of of, um, 2020, it would be like probably a graphic novel. Sure, some prose books too. But he's, um, he's into things that people are into black boys are into it's not always rough and tough with football and i'm selling drugs like it's he liked fucking lovecraft novels as problematic as they are it's the fantastical story and shit of it um i like that about him um leticia i if i may i fucking love her character this girl in the book she was my absolute favorite like i like atticus i identify with him i think he's doing a good job i think he was written really well but leticia this is a capable black woman who is getting shit done this ain't no damsel in distress she's not the quote-unquote girl character there just to be the girl this motherfucker is fighting monsters running at 600 miles an hour she is capable she got a um She's assertive. I don't know. I really don't know the word for it. I don't want to say attitude, but she's very much, um, hmm? assertive. Yeah, she she's the fully realized person. She's not the girl character, and I love that. I love, man, my God, I love that. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan, and I think Journey is doing a damn good job to the point now. And this may be early, but I feel like it's warranted. I cannot see another woman playing that role i can't i can't do it like um the white chick that was cast there was another woman slated to play her but she's in the tenement i think i think it was a white woman from the, and they switched her out for who we have now and she is an interesting character but i'm not i'm not um i don't see much with her well yeah from what we're getting so far i'm mm-hmm. like uh, she seems okay, but I don't really, mm-hmm. I don't really care about her, and and that's what I, I think I tweeted it out or yeah. I put it on Facebook, like keep the camera on Journey Smollett at yep. all times. Yep, yep, I'm with that. I'm with that because she is really, oh man. man, she's killing it. Um, and the thing is, I saw which this don't really tie in, but I watched Ease by You last week. 
And I watched it deliberately because I watched... You never seen it? No, I haven't seen it in so long. Oh, bro, I was going to say, But I watched it because of her performance in the first episode. And, of course, two different properties, but both southern, southern adjacent. Seeing her in, in my own fan fiction, I'm like, okay... Her and East Bayou is a little kid. Her, she grew up to be Liddy, but all that like it put me in this space where actually, what I want for listeners listening, please suggest any books, movies, TV shows that have some of these similar elements, specifically with black people. Um, anything 1940s, 50s, 60s, something with black folks with this type of uh, aesthetic. The horror element of it, the fantastical shit, anything. I, I want all suggestions. Um, and I think, though it is not as horror-driven, I think Ease Bayou would fit into this, not genre, but into this like kind of lane of cinema. Now, I could be wrong, but for me, it fits mainly with the it being like a period piece. Though there is not horrible monsters, there is that mystical element. Um, it's a bit more, uh, real based in reality more than this, but honestly, minus the monsters, this is just a true story. Um, yeah, so that's my rant. So, so, so far, this ain't what you thought it was going to be. It's just something different, something new, whatever. What is, I guess what, what after you watch the first episode and the second one, how are you feeling about this going forward? Like this, this episode came and went going to three, four, five, six through 10. How was you feeling about this show, man? Man, I, I looked at it because it's episode one and two are drastically different. Mm-hmm. And not to jump ahead, but what, okay. we're, what they're showing for the upcoming episode Mm-hmm. Once again, it's completely different. So, mm-hmm. like, is this is this like an anthology? It is, but at the same time, you got the same characters, and it follows the same storyline. That's or? exactly it. That's it's, exactly it. So, it is an anthology. Yeah, okay. it's is the the novel is which I didn't realize initially. It is not chapters. It is st- individual stories happening to different people who are all in the same world. And you could read them out of order, but not really. Like, I don't know how the show is going to do it, but there like there are things like in the middle, like if you had read that by itself, that would have been fine. But by the end of the book, everything comes together like a TV show. You got all these different plot threads and towards the end, they all converge. So I guess you could read it out of order, but I wouldn't recommend it. But yeah. But yeah, overall, like uh, so far. I um look man, I'm still trying to gather my thoughts <laughs> with it because I I just can't believe what the hell I'm watching because yeah. I'm just uh I'm huge on Lovecraft horror mm-hmm. as problematic as HP Lovecraft is yeah um, but you know, I, I'll say this um thank you Misha Green and Jordan Peele for mm-hmm. what you did I something completely new different original mm-hmm. even though it's adapted from a book mm-hmm. and i can't wait to see what's to come i that's all i have so far okay and then and then on top of that you threw michael k williams in here like mm-hmm. anytime i see his name and something i'm like all right 
I'll watch it. Yeah. Michael K. Williams. He played his motherfucking part. Like, again, going back to the book, when I read that character, Montrose, he, this nigga, he is it. He, like, he, everything. The, the, the little bit that we got from him this episode is very much what you get in the book. If we follow the book, he gonna, he gonna be cussing everybody the fuck out. And I'm for it. Oh, he's like the opposite end of the spectrum from George. George is the brother that's nice. He's sensitive. He's warm. He's, he's uh, understanding. Montrose is like, Nigga, stop your fucking crying. We got shit to do. Like, he is, he's like, they're two ends of the same. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a motherfucker. <laughs> he's a, but, um, so we got him. We got Mr. Angela Bassett. We got Michael. We got Journey. Uh, and I'm, uh, Atticus's name is escaping me. Is it Jeremy? What is this man's name? Uh, I am, forgive me, listeners. So, they show up at the Braithwaite Manor in the end of episode one. Episode two opened up and we moving on up. They got this big old fancy, happy, fun scene. George and Letitia is like trying on clothes, reading books. I said on Twitter, but this scene really reminded me of the Percy Jackson casino scene where they are stuck playing games, eating this like lotus flower and don't realize that they've been in the casino for like 25 days or something. Like, this felt like, yeah, and I like that they they went back and forth between Uncle George and Letty, and then pivoted to Atticus, who was sitting there looking like a fucking statue, just upset, mad, because something don't feel right. Again, these white folks open up their home to you, and they're like, welcome home, and we've been waiting for you and shit. Yeah, I'm going to be suspicious. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I... Dean's white's gone white. Um, what's your? How did you? Okay, what were you thinking up until the kind of mind control spell was revealed? What was you thinking when they having a good time and Atticus is like, "Man, what the fuck are y'all doing? This ain't no time for this shit." So the whole welcome home, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm like, okay, they family somehow." And I'm like, "All right, cool." Mm-hmm. Letty, Uncle George dancing, having a good time. I'm like, all right, this must be some time passed already or mm-hmm. whatnot. And then the scene cuts to Atticus <clears throat> sitting there. And then eventually, you know, there's that, that bell that goes off, mm-hmm. that alarm that goes off. And he's just sitting there, like, grilling him. And then to me, I'm looking, I'm like, what the hell is wrong with him? Like, right, right, right. Grip. And then I realized, I was like, wait a second. Yeah. And then they get, you know, they get to the table and they're talking. They're about to sit down and eat. And I know, I I just know the the conversation just started altering. Like, he's like, you don't remember what happened that night? The car crashing? Mm -hmm. I said, holy shit. I'm like, their minds are being altered. Yeah. From then on there, I said, okay. I'm paying attention. I, I said, I did not move from the couch. Yeah. I said, they're fucking with their heads. I'm like, okay. And then they go discover the vehicle. Mm-hmm. The vehicle, no damage, no nothing. Mm-hmm. I said, like, all right, I, I got to pay attention. Because mm-hmm. before, I'm just letting it play in the background. I'm in the kitchen. As soon as he, they started talking under their breath, and Uncle George was saying, sit the fuck down. Right. <laughs> we being watched. That's when I just sat down. 
said, I don't know what's going on. I said, but, bruh. Yeah. Yeah. I would too. I would too. Uh, that fucked me up. Because, again, just FYI, this is what's different from the book. They didn't arrive. I think because we've passed this point, I can... I'm in this weird space where I don't want to reveal too much from the book, even if they deviate, because I don't want to give any spoilers, but because we've passed this portion in the novel, the way they actually showed up it, at um, at the manor, it was in their car. So they got into it with the, with the local law enforcement and with the monsters. All that stuff happened, but they ended up driving down this road through the woods that was not paved. They ended up on like some I don't know like high cliff or some shit looking over the city that they that the manor is in the countryside they pull up show up like normal motherfucker like what's up welcome home blah blah whatever and it's minor things that change like the car of course got fixed and they got all these clothes and all this fantastical stuff but there's stuff that in this episode I mentioned last episode the conversation between Uncle George and Atticus that happened when Letty was arguing with her brother. That conversation happened earlier in the book, and it was at Uncle George's house. And so I see where they're pulling it like this. If you're going to do a reboot or a remake, they're doing it the fucking right way. They're doing it in a way that I feel like even after you watch episodes 1 through 10, you can still go back and read the novel and appreciate the similarities, but also how different it is, because this show feels a lot like what the novel is. Um, so they show up at Artem and they get their shit cleaned up. They go into their separate rooms. The, the time in which we go from the front door to them at the dinner with them white men is much longer in the book. So I was kind of unsatisfied with that, but I know you got shit to get through. Another thing, and I'm going to speak on this, not knowing if I'm right or not, but Christina, the white chick. I think either they did one of two things. Either they changed her from the book, which it was Caleb, which is a man. They changed him to a girl in the show, which is cool. Or he still exists in this show and she's just his sister. I don't know. I don't know. I'm hoping they just changed him. But if he's still there, I'm fine with that too. But this white woman, if she is her brother, but a girl in the book, man, she... She got some shit going on. Um, so fuck her, for one. Fuck her bitch ass. So, they show up. They get these bells. And I still don't know what that represents. I'm still kind of piecing it out. But these bells keep going off, which is like bells at a schoolhouse or something. Like bells that are alerting you. Okay, now you're free to move around. Free to go do shit. It's time for recess, lunch, or whatever. And, huh? That's how I took it. Yeah, okay. And that's and that made something later in the episode. I'm still trying to parse through it, but when they went into their rooms and couldn't get out and shit, I'm like, is it is it the bell triggering? Like, what is this? This is something with race. This is something with economic status. This is something. And I'm not well-versed enough to, to get it out. So, listeners, if y'all are, use the hashtag Lovecraft Aftermath and let me fucking know. Um, but, yeah, they uh, they meet with, damn, they meet with them white folks. William is like, hey, y'all, it's time for dinner. Um, but 
Letty, you can't go because it's only men, no girls allowed, and you niggas go put on a suit. I tell me what's your thoughts on William, that white nigga Butler. Oh. <laughs> I I I don't like him. He just creeps me out. Yeah. He creeps me the hell out. And it's just the way that he said, like he walks up nonchalant, like nothing was going. Like they're aware of what's going on. Yeah. In a way that. I, I don't know. It's like almost in a way that, hey, we're watching you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in that sense. And he says, uh, the dinner has been only. Mm-hmm. And it's just the way he looks straight at Letty. Mm-hmm. I'm like, shit. Like, just with pure disrespect. Yeah. Yeah. He feels, he makes it feel like the Truman Show. Like, the way they have him popping up. And it isn't, that's another thing I like. He, he pops up, and I think this is one of the easiest, quote-unquote, superpowers you can give somebody, because they it's just a matter of editing, but they have him show up out of nowhere. Feet, you can't hear shit on the, his feet on the floor or nothing. He just pop up with answers and shit. And I don't like him. I don't like his face. I don't like the fucking way he look. Fuck him. No, he, um... He's like a vampire. <laughs> right, right. But I do like him in the sense that I think this show is doing a good job at... Okay, let me walk it back a bit. I am all for black, brown, POC. I'm all for it. That's the hill I die on. What I don't like, what happens a lot, is that you give me a generic white person as a villain. I'm okay with that in some instances, like if you got a little cartoon or some campy-ass show or something. But when you have... A white person as the villain. I'm fine with that. But they can't be just this. I'm white and so my whiteness makes me evil. Give me a little bit more. Give me a little bit more dimension. Give me some some development. Give me something. And I feel like they are. They did a really good job at making um, uh, Christina, William, and Sam, the dad, look very Aryan. Very white. Very pale. Very blonde hair. Blue eye. Like, because it's. I, I just feel like more attention has been put into these characters. Christina, for sure, because I know she's going to get more screen time. But even with William, he doesn't say a lot. But visually, there is, like, one there in 1954. He's a tall, conventionally attractive white man. Slick back, like, waspy look. He got that that blonde hair slick back. He got that very porcelain, shiny skin. Like, he, he has a certain look. That makes everything else about him amplified, kind of um, makes you a bit wary of it. Versus, say, like the um, the groundskeeper lady. She was kind of dirty. She was rough around it. I mean, she was still racist, but she was dirty, rough around the edges. And, like, if you look at him versus her, and then some of the conversations that came later, like when Christina talked to Atticus and was like, yeah, my father and his people don't pretty much saying we don't fuck with the KKK because they're poor. And it's like, well, this anti-blackness is global as fuck. It's been around and ingrained in American history. But to get to a point where you can separate, they both have the same ideologies, but you're separating it based on class. But these poor white motherfuckers and these wealthy, occult, mystical white niggas, they all hate blacks. So 
Common goal. Oh man, I don't Common know. Woo! So um, so speaking of that, tell me what what are your thoughts on the? I think her name was Dale, the white woman with the ratty brown hair and the two dogs. Like when she popped up, bruh. I already knew. I had. Ex- you know what? At first, I thought she was going to be like kind of on their side somewhat. Mm-hmm. But the scene just came up out of nowhere. She just started throwing out, you know, just <laughs> sly comments to him. And then it, she had, it was a moment where she wanted to sit the dogs on them, calling them animals. Mm-hmm. But giving more respect to the dogs. Just, I don't know. It's, it made me feel like, I don't know. I felt dirty just watching <laughs> that scene. I'm like, yeah, I don't like her yeah. at all. Yeah. I, I, will... I don't like her. I didn't like her in the book. No, 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 no. Let me take that back. I don't like her on the. Sh- I hate her on the show. I didn't like her in the book. In the book, when she was introduced, it was very, it was very much what what we got. But what I recall, it was a bit more eloquent. Like her snarky comments were very. They weren't as guttural. They weren't like, yeah, you niggers always. It was more like, oh, you know, you're not wealthy enough to even understand. Like, it was very much, it gave more of a, I don't know. It just wasn't as aggressive. It was. It didn't feel as as direct. Um, but she's. Yeah, yeah. She was. She was. She was throwing all that that shade and shit. I mean, she she did it. Um, so there's that. Um. Spoiler alert, that bitch ended up dead. She, um, so they go back to the, the manor. There is this skull and crossbone, esoteric, Catholicism aesthetic going on with things like hoods and robes and all this shit. So when everyone is in the, back in their rooms and Atticus is not convincing anyone that he, you know, that they saw monsters, they get these visions of people of their past. Um, or no, no, they get visions. So when we're in the room with Letitia, her and Atticus is finna go to Pound Town, but we realize that ain't what it is. Um, they, they, they fucking around, kissing and hugging and shit, and she's like getting her wits about her. She's like, okay, hold up, hold up, wait a minute. They had this nigga take his shirt off, stand up over her, start unbutting his pants, and this motherfucking snake, he ain't got no dick. This whole snake come out about to bite her ass. She fighting. Uh, Atticus fights with this Asian chick who we saw at the very beginning of episode one, which I'm assuming is his lover or ex-lover. I'm assuming. Um, There's that. And then Uncle George... Get this, you know, this pretty black woman who ain't Hippolyta, his wife. It ain't her. It is Atticus Mama. So he, he like, hey, what's, you know, you not real, you not here. She's like, man, fuck that shit. You know, I'm here. Come dance with me, such and such. And she was saying some shit that this one thing she said, like, pretty much like follow the light, nigga. You can be with your kids. You can fly with your kids. That triggered me because I know he only got that one daughter. He got that one daughter with Hippolyta. But I was thinking, damn, did you fuck around with, with what's her name in the show? The Dale? 
Atticus' mama, and did you have another baby? Well, probably. Atticus, that's his fucking kid, nigga. That's his baby. That's he the pappy. Like I, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. Well, I ain't gonna say I'm sure because they might fuck us all up, but possibly Uncle George is, is Atticus' real dad and not Montrose. Montrose and, and George then went at it. He know about the history with with his wife and George. So I, don't, I that's new. I'm, I'm that right there. See, that's my favorite one. When they were each having their little vision. Yeah. Uncle George was my favorite at that time because it was kind of like he still seemed to have his wits about him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As bad as it is, you know, him messing around, it was the most pleasant one that yeah. out of the three. Yeah. But um, I just, man, I, I just want to see what happens. Yeah. Between, yeah. you know, Montrose, Atticus, Uncle George, that whole what the fuck is going on? Man, I can't even call it. Because, again, for me, the book is just a suggestion at this point. Because they've changed shit. Like, that that one in there. So, the anger that Montrose and Atticus have against each other. In the book, it's one way and it makes sense. But now, he might be mad that he's raising this motherfucking nephew as his son. You know, like, there's other elements that they're, that they're, that they're including that wasn't even thought of. And nigga, I don't I don't know what to think. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know what to think. Um there you go. Um so then Atticus meets with um Fitzgerald Grant, aka Sam, um uh 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 Christina's dad. And he's pretty much being shady as shit like hey nigga let me tell you a story about this motherfucking nigga who opened this lodge years ago. Um, we looking for descendants to him. Your mama is the descendant of a slave, and who he laid with. So you the only, uh, you the only descendant. No, you're the the youngest descendant, even though your bloodline is washed. Like he was saying, like just shady ass shit. And so Atticus like, nigga, fuck you. I want my family. Let's go. Where the fuck is my dad? So, when they were at this meeting, this dinner or whatever that the girls couldn't go to, Uncle George read a book in his room with all these fucking books that pretty much gave the bylaws of this Sons of Adam Masonic cult order, which said pretty much, this nigga is the youngest, most powerful relative. You motherfuckers ain't descendants of this white man, so you niggas need to do what the fuck he say. And he ordered the motherfuckers to leave. I know they was pissed. <laughs> that shit was funny to me. Bro. <laughs> he said, everyone except Sam, get the fuck out. Yes. <laughs> yes. They didn't move. He wa- I, w- I was thinking that he was going to flip some shit over. Yeah. <laughs> start walking away from the table. Yeah. But that initial reaction, he was like, everybody get the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. I, boy, that's another change that was made. In the book, it was actually Atticus who who did all that research. But yeah, he's like, nigga, I know a little bit about uh, fraternal organizations. And you niggas, do what the fuck he say. I really enjoyed that. Um, it's something that in the book I didn't see coming. And even though I knew something like it was coming in the show, it still felt like, Something that you wouldn't have guessed, 
And it may be just by nature of this being a new property. It's not a Marvel. It's not a DC. It's not a, a book that's been around for 30 years. This book just came out in 2016. So I did. I like that. Um, I like that Sam, even though he still did what Atticus wanted, he was the only person who gave attitude. Um, no, no. I'm sorry. Who talked back. And that leads me to think one of two things. Either... This mystical shit ain't real, which I don't think that's it. Or Sam has to, because he said my extent of, of, I don't know, doing this mystical shit is based off of their belief. So as long as they, the other white niggas, um, are cool with this, then I'm playing along. Some some kind of some kind of shit, but he still did what Atticus told him to do. But he was very nonchalant, like, "All right, nigga, I'm gonna give you your fucking daddy, but you gonna do what the fuck I need you to do." And so they go off to go find Montrose after that. I <laughs> they go into this stone lighthouse looking building that's the jail. Look for Montrose. This nigga is gone. The jail cell is empty. George and um, Atticus is down there looking. The white woman, racist white woman with the dogs from before come down and she pointing her gun. And Letitia come down the stairs and hit that bitch in the face. Knock that hoe down. <laughs> like, she was not playing. Like, fuck you, bro. I, I, I was like, that's what that okay. bitch get. Shit. I ain't fucking hoe. So, uh, yeah, she knocked her ass down. And, you know, they they made, they being George, made mention of a book. And I can't remember what it was. But Atticus was like, that's my dad's favorite book. Was it The oh, Count yeah. of Monte Cristo? I don't know. But um, yeah. they, they find a loose stone. And these niggas follow this little trail. And we see Montrose, <laughs> black ass handcuffed explode from the earth because he didn't climbed out this nigga one look at Atticus and he's like what the fuck you doing here nigga what the like he's yeah. like, <laughs> like what the fuck he said well I thought you was five say, fucking say, years say <laughs> that, like, this nigga's upset because he went searching for him yes I was, I was like, like okay when I, when I saw that I, I was like okay I, it made me even happier because I'm like okay Michael K. Williams yeah he, he's an asshole. So yes. I'm like, okay. He and ungrateful. So bro, like, okay, he he did that. He's yeah. He's playing his fucking part. He is. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait to see him, man. So this nigga, he he talks shit. He like, man, I talked to you in five fucking years, and the one time that I write a letter under duress, your ass come running. Like, what the fuck? I ain't wrote you in five years, and so they're like, man, we here to save you. Man, I can fucking save myself. So they get in the car. They uh they escape and they're like fuck it we finna get in this motherfucking car. The teacher's like come on baby we gotta go. They get over that what do you call it? It's just a bridge right where they were bloody walking into Artem. Is that just a bridge with that like where over the bridge? They driving full speed, huh? Yeah, they driving no, full no, go speed. Ahead, go ahead, go ahead. These niggas run into a invisible wall. That fucks up the whole front of that motherfucking car. When that car came down to the ground, these niggas is like spilling out of the car. They hurt. 
Sam and Christina pull up and Sam just start firing shots. He's like, fuck you and fuck you, Darkie, and fuck you, you mixed race heifer. He shot Letitia in the stomach. He shot Uncle George. <laughs> this nigga was pretty much like, okay, this is going to motivate you to do what the fuck I need you to do now. Be a part of this ceremony and I'll save your fucking people. Like, what? either they die here or what. Um... Yeah, that was, I wasn't expecting that because, again, in the book, that's not how it happened. So, again, I'm happy that they're changing shit. Um, they get back to the house and we get an ass shot from Atticus. Now, as, as, um, I don't say gratuitous, but as, like, in your face as this was, for me, this was, like, very symbolic of, like, the slave, um, what do you call it? The slave auction market where this nigga is just black man, dark skin, uh, physically fit, tall, nude. And Christina is this very cavalier white woman that, though it doesn't seem like she's sexually or romantically interested in him, she knows she holds the power in this situation. Not only that... He's surrounded by nothing but white women cleaning him and preparing him for his magical Negro service. This isn't some, like, it could be deemed sexual, but to me it's very objectifying. Like, this is the meat. This is the the bull. This is the means to the ends. It wasn't like, oh, look at this sexy black man. It was like, no, this nigga is a means to an ends. And though we're, like, cleaning him and preparing him, it isn't necessarily... He still is in no position of power in this situation. Like, you are going through this and doing what we need you to do for our white desires using your blackness. You black men serve us continuously to the point where you're even stripped from head to toe, butt-ass naked, and you're still in service of us. I... That scene made me uncomfortable. Uh, to be quite honest, I know. Yeah, I, I obviously like I thought something was gonna happen, or she was going to say something or make a comment mm-hmm. during that, and it surprised me that nothing happened beyond that. Yeah. So, yeah, like same. I, I share the same sentiment with you. I was mm-hmm. like, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Oh, it was a lot. But I mean, I'm. I'm. I like that it didn't go the route that I thought it would. Um. The whole time where he's getting prepared and ready, there's like this window into the room where Uncle George Montrose and Letty is in where he's like, man, don't kill my fucking family. They wake up. Well, Letty does. George is still talking to uh, Montrose. And they're pretty much like, man, nigga, just go through the ceremony. You good. We got them. My father keeps his word. You ain't got shit to worry about. Blah, blah, whatever. And um, Montrose and George have a quick discussion about um, Montrose's ex-wife, Atticus's mom, and it's like, man, you all he got. This is George talking to Montrose. If I die, you are really all he got. Quit fucking being mad at this nigga. Like, he ain't do shit to you. He was just born. Don't be mad. Uh, it, that, that was a touching moment. Again, for me, seeing two dark-skinned black men having this kind of heart-to-heart in a way that I don't think we get. And I've said it before. Like, we... You just don't get that. Um, and again, this is a mystical, fantastical show or whatever, but like those scenes 
were devoid of the fantastic shit. It was just two men having a conversation, and it wasn't, oh, my baby mama, oh, I got to go get this nigga from down the street, or he got my drugs. It was a very much like a, anybody could have been in that scene. It felt like a regular-ass scene. Fuck. Um, yeah, so what's your, what's your take on uh, Montrose and George, the brothers, the, like, how we feeling about them and their relationship and their on-screen camera time like and shit. Mm. I like that dynamic that's there. Like, even though they love each other, there's some stubbornness with, um, is that's, it was that memory that Uncle George bought up. Mm-hmm. About, uh, Montrose going to see the Negro League. It was a picture that he, or like a, yeah, a picture that he used to draw all the time. Yeah can't really remember but he would go down just to you know cheer on a negro league mm-hmm. he's the one kept you going there and he was just like my daddy's right hook mm. he's like <laughs> black off my ass and mm. i don't know it's just that it just seemed like a real genuine like me and some like my uncle could probably mm-hmm. have that conversation mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. anybody else but it's i that's probably one of my favorite scenes by far mm-hmm. uh besides the introduction to montrose okay okay I'll say this much, that particular story wasn't in the book. And I only bring this up because the author is a white man. Of course, he's writing a story about black people. And I mentioned this before, how I think he did a really good job for his lived-in experience. I think he did really well. But I think him doing well and then handing this property over to a black creative team is what gives you stories like that. Because we get a story later on about their childhood and things that went on with Montrose and with uh, George. But that very nuanced type of black-ass story, that wasn't in the book. The story we got later on was, now I want to say generic because it fit, but the way that Matt Ruff, the author, handles relations, with like relation, relations and relationships with relatives, it's kind of odd. And I said it before, he focuses a lot on half-siblings, on people not being related completely with the same mother and father. And that's something that, for me, felt very white or very non-black. Because, again, anyone who I've run across who's black, who has siblings with different fathers or different mothers, it's never been, that's my half-brother. That's my. It's always, that's my sister. No. You might eventually say we got different daddies or different mamas, but it's always... That's my brother. That's my sister. Um, so all that being said, it's not a dig against him because you can only write what you know or write so much. But I think the added stories like that show how handing off a property to a creative team of color or a creative team that represents the people in the book make it that much richer. Um, so, yeah, that's that. Uh, what about... This esoteric shit, this mystical shit. For you watching this ceremony, like Atticus and his race aside, like the actual ceremony, what was that like for you? It was weird uh, for me, watching it, <laughs> uh, especially prior to that when he mentioned that he's uh, Sam needs to open a gateway to the Garden of Eden. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and then that happens, and it just, it was cool. Like, the visuals, mm-hmm. 
were dope, especially when they start. I didn't expect it. I know the episode is called Whitey on the Moon. Yeah. I did not expect them to play Jill Scott Heron's Whitey on the Moon. Yes. I said, Yo. Yes. And I got excited. Yes. He said, I like to start with a poem. And my ear, you know, like yeah. my ears become alert and then just being, just taking it all in with the, the visual effects mm-hmm. and, and that song playing. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. It, it was weird, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I, I don't even know, man. I can't even have, I don't have all my thoughts together. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I'm... I'm like, I'm, I'm really just, I'm like, okay, I gotta go read this book now, because it's a little different, mm-hmm. I understand, but everything that we're getting so far in this show, I'm like, dude, like, yeah. please, please give us a season two. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know how long the show's going. Mm, ten episodes, but, but yeah. Anything like this with this mystical stuff, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, race relations, all it like, give me more of that, because I really could not get over the fact we didn't have anything sci-fi based yeah horror based well i mean we had you know movies you know horror elements with black people yeah but, like with a fantasy and mystical type shit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm like, some of that yeah but overall that that scene was fucking amazing that's all i could say no the same and and okay so <laughs> my thoughts so, Whitey on the Moon, this, like you said, that's the title of episode two. With this scene, pretty much we're watching the visual manifestation, representation of a magical Negro. We don't give a fuck about Atticus, we being the white folks. We just give a fuck about his lineage and how his attributes can better assist us to getting to our promised land, our Garden of Eden. Whitey on the Moon... As reported by Wikipedia says, this is a 1970 spoken word poem by Gil Scott Heron. It was released as the ninth track on his debut album, Small Talk at 125th and Lennox. This tells of the medical debt and poverty experienced during the Apollo moon landings. The poem critiques the resources spent on the space program while black Americans were experiencing marginalization. Whitey on the moon. Whitey on the moon. So I think that was a a perfect, a perfect, perfect piece to choose to pair up with this where these white folks is getting all this esoteric knowledge. They have all this privilege, both white privilege and mystical privilege at their fingertips. And yet you're using this, I ain't going to say poor, but all intents and purposes, this poor black man for the things that he can do for you. So while y'all going off to the moon and you doing all this fantastic shit, his people is fucking sitting here being marginalized and being tore down to help you and your goals, but ain't nobody fucking giving a damn about them. So that was perfect, bro. That, that was perfect. So it was alluded to, well, it was pretty much stated earlier that this ceremony that they're going through was attempted years before and years i mean decades before but the house burned down and there was only one surviving person when atticus goes through this magical negro transformation uh which side note this nigga acting was really good because you know this is all cgi but like I could just imagine him on set yelling and screaming, bent over, half sweating, like waiting for them to add in the visual effects. Like, 
I think he did a really good job. That's just me. Um, so he goes through all this, and all of a sudden he looks up and he sees a black woman in what I guess would be like 1910 or 20s garb, like clothing that was older than the 50s. And it turns out that that's his great-grandmother. Well, great-grandmother or grandmother? I, I think that is his great... That's his mother's grandmother, I believe. Either way, he sees wow. this black woman. Because that's the slave. That's the slave that, that um, was... I don't want to say was in a relationship. That was abused by the white man who did the ceremony initially. So that baby Hannah. is... Huh? That was Hannah? Yeah, I think that was Hannah. And she was pregnant, and I think who she was pregnant with was either his mom or his mom's mom. That's how he's the last descendant of whoever this white nigga from who did this shit at first. And so when they said only one person survived from this house being burnt down, it was her. She escaped, ran away, this house burned down, went... Gave birth to the baby. The baby was alive, blah, whatever. And that's how we got Atticus. Um, that was fucking good. Uh, Atticus has like... I, I ain't gonna say he has powers, but... Because of a ring that Christina gave him, he was able to kind of counteract the spells that they were putting on him, which backfired on the white men. And Sam turned to stone. All the other white niggas turned to dust. And I love this scene of Atticus following his grandmother, great grandmother, the slave chick. Yeah, that was that was I, fucking. Dumb. Mm, oh my god! Perfect. Because I didn't know. I'm like, well, what is she doing there? And then when she just, you know, you see her taking off. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, she got him out. Yeah. And, and I'm just sitting there, I'm like, this is so fucking. <laughs> yes, this shit is trippy, man. <laughs> yeah. And then him, like before that, him shattering the portal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then automatically, like, at, you know, at the drop of a dime, they just turn to stone. Yeah. And they just, I thought that was fucking, oh, man. Yeah, they did that. They fucking Damn, did that. Good. Yeah, like, and a guy on Twitter, God, forgive me, I forget his name, but he was like, this feels like a fucking season finale. I'm like, yeah, nigga, this is episode two. Uh-huh. And it feels like. And that, that, exactly. There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. I'm just sitting here like. Damn, it's like it's all this shit being thrown in here at once. <laughs> Normally it's a problem, but I'm so glued to my seat. Yeah. And I'm just on the air. Like, what in the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, now I'm anticipating what we're going to get yeah. three, four, five, and six, and yeah. all the way up to episode 10 now. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it does, it this does feel like a season finale. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Like, I one okay, another thing I like about the show is that it reminds me of a Netflix show but done well because a lot of times you'll get Netflix shows and they shoot them as if they are 10 hour movies because I feel like that little uh, that white girl from Magic School Buzz oh at my old school oh when I first read the book but it's not I'm, I'm trying to amplify my argument so because I've read the book and I know so much more shit happens this feels like they took Dean's first couple chapters 
and they put them into these two episodes and they did a really good job so that even when we start getting this stuff later on, it won't feel like they just made 10 fucking movies and, and pushed them together. Like the way everything weaves in and out and comes together at the end, if this season ends with the end of the book, that'll be perfectly fine. But they have enough material that this season could end in the middle of the book or with a whole different story. Like they... So this feels like a Netflix series of 10 episodes done really well without all the extra shit, without all the fluff. It's like a compact 10 episodes hitting all the points. So, yeah, this shit did feel like a fucking season finale. Um, so Atticus is... Because mm-hmm. he was able to shatter... Because he was able to... Uh, Atticus was able to shatter the portal. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that was it. He was, you know, he was going to get his wits about himself and escape from the house like it was nothing. Yeah. But to have his grandmother be the one to guide him out, mm-hmm. it's like, bro, come mm-hmm. on. Look, relying on them ancestors, man. That And I'm not a religious person. Um, I grew up religious, so a lot of stuff... Mm-hmm. One, don't bother me. I'm, I'm expecting hell. We black. Most of us are in some form, some type of religious. But I really, thoroughly enjoy the way that they're weaving in religion with the mysticism. I know Christina yeah. said she made a comment when Atticus first met Sam, where I think she she quoted something from the Bible, and then Sam was like, "Yeah, you know, um, everything has a place. Everything need to be named." And she mentioned something like biblical literalism being stupid or people who are literal about every single thing in the bible not being like of higher what like it's i feel like they introduce a lot of elements that one we all know uh two are people really believe and then three we're not hitting you over the head with adam and eve bible uh bread seat like it's, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like it's a preachy show. It feels like they're taking elements from all these things and making them work together. The fact that this nigga opened a portal to the Garden of Eden. Like, nigga, what the fuck is that? Like, he did it. That's what that, that's, that threw me off. When yeah. she mentioned that, what he mm-hmm. was going to do, I'm like, yeah. what the fuck is he in the Garden of Eden? He <laughs> said, that's when niggas was immortal. That's when men were immortal and he wanted to go back then. I'm like, God damn. But, and even then, it, it tied in back towards the begin, well not really the beginning but getting towards like the middle like mm-hmm. the end of the episode mm-hmm. where they were talking about Adam yeah and I'm like oh okay I'm mm-hmm. like, right, whatever yeah but I, I still thought it was fucking weird yeah these niggas they uh, okay let's speak on that that is one reason why I really enjoy Christina um, I don't know if you remember from the first episode um, Uncle George's daughter in the book, she's a boy. And when I saw that she was a girl, I was like, man, why would they do that? Not that I was upset about it, but I was trying to figure out why would you do that? Then when I go over all of the scenes, I remember making her a girl makes them a little bit more important because it's the girl. You, y'all will see. But the same thing with Christina. At first, I was like, okay, if they made Caleb a girl, at first I thought they gave Caleb a sister. But if they made Caleb into a woman, it makes everything that much more important because in this time, women don't have the same rights as men, even white women. Like, Christina said to 
excuse me, she said to Attica, she was like, I've worked my whole life learning this shit. And all it took you was being born. And you have one of these, these whatever, positions or rings or some shit she gave him. And he was like, and a Negro man at that. Like, you, I, I have this thing that you don't have access to that, though it's kind of sort of his birthright, it's just as much hers because she has worked her ass off to get this status, but she can't get it because she's a woman. The one thing stopping you from getting this thing that you earned is that you are a woman. And that's... I'm not sympathizing with no white woman. I'm not caping for no white woman. (laughs) But I think it makes so much sense to make Caleb a a woman because it it adds another level of... uh, It makes her motives... if, If she is the... The if she is Caleb, but in the show, all the shit that he does, that I was like, oh, this nigga crazy. It makes her motivation much more easier to grab onto. It's not just oh, I'm an angry white man and I want all the power. Okay, there's a time and a place in fiction for that, sure. But her motives to me seem very clear. I'm a woman. I've worked my ass off, and I can't fucking do the things that even this Negro man can just get, man. Mm-hmm. And she got magic powers and she still can't get the shit that he got. Like, huh. that's the thing. Like, I'm, I'm not so much interested in her just yet, <laughs> but at the same time, at the same time, yeah, that dialogue between them two lets me know. It's like, okay, there's, there's some more there. It's mm-hmm. probably she might end up being one of my favorites on the show. Honestly, yeah. um, her motivation is just like she's gonna do whatever it takes. Yeah, so I'm like okay. Yeah, yeah that that motherfucker. She yeah. So I'm yeah. Fuck her daddy and them. Uh, so they they we 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 end the show outside. Atticus has gotten out of the dilapidated building he runs right into Letty who has the car waiting and they share a moment and she's like you know he's like you know did my dad get out did Uncle George get out and they go to the car and this nigga deserves a award I don't know if it's an Oscar he got a Tony I don't know what it is but just give him just give him the Emmy just give him the he needs all four cause this nigga Atticus this motherfucker went through. So Uncle George is dead, and well, it it appears that Uncle George is dead because I don't know what the fuck going on with this show. They, yeah, no. I, I don't know, but Atticus gave the performance of a lifetime. He is crying. He is talking to his uncle. He's reached into the car. He talking to his dad. He is, um. With, with Montrose, like, Montrose just can't move. Like, he, yeah. he can't even disbelieve. Yeah. Which, uh, uh, I, I've lost a parent, so I understand. I think I, I of course, related to the, the feeling of loss. But mm-hmm. even that aside, we just went through all of this shit. And now it's punctuated with the death of a fa- Like, we, we survived all of this. For you to die, bro. And I figured when, when the house started falling apart, he said, "If he moves, man, we move him. He's gonna bleed out." But at the same time, in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, you know, Uncle George will be all right. Mm-hmm. And 
to get that as the the final scene, I'm like, dude. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Like, damn. Like, yeah. especially that's the first time you've seen your uncle again. Mm-hmm. You know, him getting shot mm-hmm. and, you know, the ceremony. You didn't see him all of that time. Yeah. And that's your first time seeing him. And this nigga did. You know, this I was like, dude, that's crazy. Man, fuck them. I, I'm sitting there. Once that scene came up, I'm like, wait. I was like, no. And then I'm like, okay. Are their heads being fucked with again? I'm mm-hmm. thinking something was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Just screen cuts to black. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Bro, I, I wasn't ready. I will say that wasn't in the book. I'll say that. that my feelings was hurt. Yeah. Nigga, my feelings was hurt. That's all like, I dig them. I don't yeah. For playing that. Well, yeah, shout out to them for playing Center Man by Nina Simone, though. Man, say, like, bro, the sound, this is the black ass show. Again, I I would love to see something like this with other races. Um, like, give me an Asian story, a Polynesian story, a Latinx story. Uh, and I say that because I know my lived in experience. I'm black. I, I understand what it is to be black. I've lived it. So when I see a property that's handled so well with all this blackness, every every audible part of this show, music, poem, dialogue was great. I would like to see that for, you know, an Asian community. Not to deflect and like, you know, our blackness ain't important. It's not that. It's just... This is done so well, I think it gives people a kind of a peek into our own life, though this this fantastical fantasy shit. If this show was only handled by white folks, I doubt we would get the 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 uh the soundtrack that we're getting. Like we just you're just not gonna get that. You're not gonna get Whitey on the moon. You're not gonna get no Nina Simone. You're not gonna get you're just not going to unless you give that certain piece of the show to a black person. I don't know that you're going to get that in the way that we're getting it. Now, I'm not going to be wrong, but I don't... You're definitely not getting that at all. Um, no, Jonathan Majors is Atticus's his name. Hmm? We definitely not getting that dialogue between uh, Uncle George and, and Montrose. Yeah. About his younger kids going to the Negro League. Uh, mm. Or, you know, and then his dad uh, beating him. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. definitely get that. Yeah. I would say... Like if you're trying to find something else, you know, and other, I think the closest thing, and I might be wrong in saying this, um, the Korean film *Parasite*. Okay. Um, check out *Parasite*. Is, is, you have to watch it in subtitles. Yeah, of course. I don't, I don't, I don't mind it, but yeah, watch *Parasite*. It's about a Korean family. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they get to know. Another Korean family, but this Korean family is rich. Okay. And over time, um, it's, it's like a dynamic between the rich Koreans and poor Koreans. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of like, and it's like a clash. Okay. You get to see both aspects of their life, so okay. lifestyle. Good. Okay. Then that's something, see, that's, that's something I'm interested in because, again, I know my experience. I'm still learning about blackness, of course, but I, I, I want to see this. I know there were complaints, it's kind of off topic, but like when Black Panther came out, those people who are 
not understanding of diversity when they're quick to try to make black people be the mules of the world. Well, y'all got Black Panther. What about Mexican Panther? Or like, it's first of all, that's get the fuck out of here. Talk to Marvel. Secondly, I would like to see those type of um, projects because I want to. I want to go into something not knowing everything. Like, imagine being you know, a white person here in Nina Simone for the first time in this show or an Asian person or a Latinx person like, oh, well, hell, she sounds good. Who the fuck is this? Looking her up and then getting all this fucking new knowledge. I would like that, you know, for something else that I'm not aware of. Um, so that's my little quick aside. But again, Jonathan Majors is Atticus, is, is the actor who plays Atticus. Um, this fucking show, bruh, like people and here's the thing right um i've been seeing this somewhat too we're only on the second episode yep (laughs) and i've been seeing on twitter the show just came out i don't see what the big deal is you need to see more episodes i'm like fam look at me i'm one of the biggest critics (laughs) so so quick and the way that i'm i'm raving and ranting about a show that I have zero clue about. I yeah. know nothing about it. I ain't I ain't even know there was a book until Rain Coleman said something. <laughs> and we on episode two? Yeah. Like come on. bro, this this shit is heat, bro. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see what else we especially the preview. Not to jump bro, ahead. Bro, go ahead. Shit. Talk about it. That that preview for episode three. Yeah. Fam. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> And I don't know what's going to happen, but based off the preview, again, back to the book, the events of that preview didn't happen until much later in the book. And when I say late, I mean, so that's what I'm saying. Like you, they really remixed this shit well, because that shit did not happen until like, like, I don't know, 75% of the book was over. So just like, keep that in my eyes, spoiling shit, but some of that shit was not no <laughs> hey, look, man. like I said I'm one of the biggest critics y'all can shut the hell up this shit <laughs> is fire say that <laughs> say that yeah this is this this is my shit I gotta this... hit up Amazon tonight and buy the book man you got to you got to this is this is my shit, man. This is my shit. Period. I'm I'm happy for it. I'm happy that it exists. Um, at the time of this recording, I have not watched all of Watchmen, but this makes me want to watch Watchmen. So I'll definitely be picking up my what should have already come and gone, but my Watchmen reviews. Um, this is in the same vein, I think. Um, yeah, you can. Um, that that's a quick watch and a quick review, really. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Watchmen, like, I don't really like much of the changes with Watchmen, but I was kind of, I don't know, I, I stuck with it because it was Regina King. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the main reason why I stuck with it. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. You hadn't seen it? No. Um, I watched a bit of it, but because I planned on doing a review, and it was so much shit going on at that time with me, like professionally, personally, or whatever. I never got around to it, but now I'm like, it. It only makes sense to also do that either right after or while I'm doing Lovecraft Country. It just it feels like it makes sense. Like why not do okay. it? 
Um, so yeah, so yeah, I'll be yeah, check it out. Check it out. Okay, okay. So I tried to switch it up, but I can't switch this up. For this episode, who is your favorite? Who is your MVP? Who is the standout of this episode? Episode two, Whitey's on the Moon. Montrose. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I say this because I mean I don't talk about it much mm-hmm. or try to get into it personally. Montrose reminds me a lot of my dad. Okay. Okay. Like a lot. Mm. And yeah, for better or for worse, but at the same time it's just like, oh man. It is it, it does something for me. Like I can and then plus it's Michael K. Williams. So yeah. I can look at that and I'm like Damn, that reminds me of my pops. Right, and right, it, right. It, it, it strikes a chord with me. Okay. So. Okay. Okay, I'm for that. I'm for that. Yeah. Okay, Montrose. Um, For me, I got to go with Uncle George. I, I got to go with Uncle George. Because it must, for the reason, it's because of something you said earlier. Even though they kept being like, mind control and shit, Uncle George seemed to be the only one who still was like mentally strong enough to deal with the shit they was throwing at him. Um... Atticus, though he knew the truth the entire time, was so emotional and angry because he, I guess, felt helpless. Letitia kind of, I ain't going to say cracked under pressure because that's not a regular thing. Like, they dealt with monsters and shit. As a Christian woman, she runs into literal monsters. Fuck all that. So, I don't want to say cracked under pressure, but she, I can't think of, I don't even want to say folded. She, she had a very short time to deal with a lot of new information more than once like she lived through it then memory wiped and then it came back when you're locked in a fucking room in a like i think after all of that george was the only one who every time was able to still have a sense of self and an awareness of what is going on even though atticus was the one who was never mind control george was still like nah sis you ain't here She's like, nah, just enjoy my dancing. It don't matter if I'm here. He's like, nah, something about this shit ain't right. You know, he was, and then he gave that love. Like, huh? And I also like the fact whenever, uh, before they got called for dinner, that, that little talk that yep. Uncle George had with yep. Atticus and, and Letty, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. That's real, too. That's some real shit, too. Yeah, that that pep talk, I, I ain't going through nothing like this, but that shit made me feel good. I was like, shit, hell yeah. If they can do it, I can do it too, Uncle George. You right. So, yeah, um, yeah. Um, so I got to give it to him. I got to give it to him for this episode. Um, I, I thought it was going to be Letitia, but they really they really did a good job with him this episode for sure. Um, so, yeah. What, uh, what we got for a favorite scene in this episode? scene would be um oh man damn that's tough my yeah. favorite oh yeah okay when they're running through the woods okay and, <laughs> and they get surrounded by the monsters yes yes and they're just like they're stuck until they hear that whistle and Christina comes up out of nowhere and the groundskeeper and that little small uh, hint when they were like, "Wait, what's well, dirt is yeah? Why yeah. is this dirt on our clothes?" Yeah, and I wasn't paying attention to nothing yeah. like that. And I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And then I looked. I'm like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah. 
I'm sitting there just jumping up and down. I'm like, when did they fall? And I'm trying to rewind and go back to see when they fell. Yeah. But they didn't fall. I'm like, so what? why is the dirt on their clothes? Mm-hmm. Like, I was excited just watching this, man. No, for sure. Yeah, that was a that was a really good scene. That's that's when I got my because I don't think I was paying attention. That's when I got my first idea that uh, George is actually Atticus's father because he said something like, "Oh, something that what is her name? Dale, Dana? I don't know." That so and so mom said uh, to him back in the day. He was like, "What?" What are you doing talking about my mom? Like, she ain't told me or my dad anything about her childhood. I'm like, if she told this nigga, clearly it was either some pillow talking or some romancing. So, bruh, ah, that's your daddy. So, uh, but for me, my favorite scene is that final crying scene. Like, that, because, again, this episode did feel like a season finale. And I'm like, man, if this was the season finale, like, to end it here... We only been through two fucking episodes. It feel like we've been through eight. Like shit. That would have, yeah, that would have got me, man. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. So like, I got it. With mm. that, with him apparently being, I'm gonna say allegedly dead. I don't know. <laughs> um, because with how this show is with mind control, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what. Yeah. I'm gonna be sad if he's really dead, but no, for real, he's not. Bring his ass back. I hope not, man. I hope not. He, uh, yeah, I hope not. But shit, that man, I don't know. Um, I'm for it. I love the show. I love the show. Uh, I say for the book versus the show, this episode, I think they did a really good job. I think the shit that they changed in the book made so much sense to have changed. I think having this book adapted by these black folks made it a little bit richer because we got the show we got and i say get the book put some money in matt's pocket get get the book hell um i don't i don't know man whitey on the moon this this i mean any closing thoughts any any predictions (laughs) i i appreciate the name of this episode too and then the fact that they threw in that that Gil Scott Heron song because mm-hmm. uh, I, I fucking love Gil Scott Heron mm-hmm. and, um, just whatever y'all got coming for the next eight episodes mm-hmm. I, I'm not even going to be worried about it yep. I'm not going to sit here and try to second this mm-hmm. give me what you got yep. just give me what you got give me what you got for a poke chop uh, she threw it at me like she was a show stop but Bruh, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. This is this some shit. So, listeners, let me know. Let us know. Use that hashtag Lovecraft Aftermath. Let me know what are your thoughts, predictions, feelings, uh, anything we went over that maybe you got a little bit more insight on, or if you got questions on. Let us know. Um, fucking uh, anybody with more knowledge on like esoteric shit on Jim Crow era stuff, on history, any of that. Let me, it flood me with comments and questions and answers and put it in the comments, hit me up on Twitter. Um, shit. Let these people know where they can find you, support you, listen to your other shows. Um, all that. Uh, I have a podcast called the Social Introvert Podcast. I drop every Wednesday and Thursday. Um, 
And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at I Sid Davis. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, those links will be in the show notes as per usual. Please check those out. Hit up this man and his other show. Support, retweet, comment, like, all that good shit. And, uh, of course, you can find me on Twitter, Carefree Blurred, Carefree Black Nerd on other social media. If you'd like to send a voice note, you want to get your voice featured on the show, uh, email me, carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. Let me know, you know, which show, what you want to talk about, you know, you can, whatever. Just say the shit. And, uh, I don't know, man, until next time, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky, stay away from these mystical white folks if you're in the 50s and uh shit keep your family close and keep them the fuck away from Ardom, Massachusetts <laughs> shit alright a rat done bit my sister Nell with Whitey on the moon her face and arms began to swell and Whitey's on the moon Pay no doctor bills, but white is on the moon. Ten years from now, I'll be paying still while white is on the moon.